up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into Tethered, a podcast dedicated to helping followers of Jesus stay connected to Him day by day. My prayer for this episode is that it would encourage you, challenge you, and propel you to abide more deeply in Jesus. I hope you're encouraged by this episode. Let's jump right on in. What's up, everyone? Once again, this is your host, Joey Morales. I really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop, and please share with your friends and family on social media however you share things. I would really appreciate it. For this episode, I'm going to have a conversation with my friend from Paradigm named Nick Pearson about one's testimony, why it matters, and how it helps one stay tethered to Jesus. Nick is 24 years old. He was born and raised in Lee Summit, Missouri. His favorite thing to do is to help people understand who Jesus is and walk them through discipleship. He works at and attends Abundant Life Church, a church in the greater Kansas City area, and spends most of his time there helping out with ministry. I am excited to have Nick on the podcast to chat about why reminding yourself of your testimony is important for your life, to share with others about the hope that is found in Christ alone, and to help you stay tethered to Jesus as a result. Without further ado, here is the conversation I had with Nick. My man, Nick. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? It's What's good, up, Joey? It's good to have you on the podcast. Thank you for uh, coming on to Tether today um, to be, you know, share your story with uh, the listeners and, you know, share why your testimony matters mm-hmm. and how it can help someone stay tethered to Jesus as a result. Of course. And so, yeah, Nick, um, just go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners. Um, tell them your name. Um what do you do for a living? And then um, I have a fun question that I would like to ask you. And then just three fun facts about you. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, my name is Nick Pearson. Uh, I live in Lee Summit, Missouri. Um, I work at Abundant Life Church as a maintenance technician. And I really enjoy what I do. I love working with my hands. I love being able to work with volunteers and just be able to support ministry in ways that they need me to support them. Um, kind of enjoy being someone that's behind the scenes and just being able to see um, how much work really goes into uh, our church and just be able to help and um, yeah, uh, I really enjoy um, making music. I enjoy um, discipling others. I mostly enjoy just doing ministry in general. Um, it's strange, like when God really, you know, sets your heart on fire for him, it's like the thing that I really enjoy the most is just being able to help other people understand uh, how much we're all loved and just how much God wants to have a relationship with us. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I have a fun question here for you that um, I came up with pretty much on the spot. <laughs> Usually I have it written down ahead of time, but for you, since as we're recording this, it's almost Christmas. And so um, are you an eggnog guy or a hot chocolate guy? <laughs> Oh man, that's a hard question. I'd probably say eggnog though, oh. even though <laughs> that probably ruffled some feathers, but I'm just being honest with you. I love ice cream mm. and eggnog reminds me a lot of just drinking ice cream. Oh, so. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a hot chocolate type of guy. I mean, I just can't do eggnog. I mean, I always have this like reflex in my throat whenever I drink eggnog because I do not like the taste of it but that's just my personal opinion you know with a name like eggnog I can't blame you (laughs) yeah so hot chocolate it is for me but I'm glad you like eggnog that's Uh awesome and then just some three fun facts about you yeah um so let me think it's hard to come up with that um so um I have some weird things that have happened to me in the past. They're all kind of crazy stuff, but um, 
One time I was uh, robbed at knife point at Hy-Vee, er, at uh, Pizza Hut while I was doing the dishes. I think I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. yeah. It, it was an interesting story, but I mm. can... Do you want me to go into that now? Or? <laughs> you can if you want to. Okay. I don't feel like it's a very fruitful conversation, so I'll leave that yeah. up to the listener's imagination. But, uh, uh, yeah, my lung has exploded... Uh, couple different times in my mm. life. When I say exploded, it's called a pneumothorax. It's where your lung, uh, like, loses... It, air out gets outside of your lung. And oh, wow. It causes you to think that you're, like, dying because you lose, hand, like, feeling in your hands and start mm. to lose sight and hearing. You just basically lose all your senses until you realize that something is... Oh, that's crazy. ...drastically wrong. But, um, yeah, uh, another fun fact, um, uh, hmm... I make music. That's, I guess, another fun fact. About yeah, me. yeah, dude, Nick, Nick can rap. <laughs> um, I got, I, I've got a chance to listen to his music, and it's so good. Um, We've Gone Survive is one of my favorite songs of his, and so he actually released an album last year. And I want to go ahead and, if it's okay with you, Nick, include a link to your profile on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you have music. Yeah, because yeah. th- this guy can rap, and it's actually pretty sick. I actually got to. Witness him rapping last year <laughs> down in his room, and so I he, remember that. The, the boy can spit. That's how usually I like to say it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I really don't like rap that much. Like I used to like rap before I was a Christian, but now like looking at rap, it's very hard not to make it sound arrogant because mm-hmm. a lot of the time, like rap is just all about mm-hmm. me and what I'm doing and how I'm better than you. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I I enjoy making it, but I lo- I really hardly ever listen to rap. Mm. Um, even when I do listen to rap, it's like not like secular rap, but sometimes it just puts me in too aggressive of a mind state. To be yeah. honest with you, but yeah, he yeah. goes by Diakonos, which yeah. is an awesome name. Uh, yeah, it means servant in Greek. It actually means like the lowest type of servant in Greek. So. Yeah, I figured that was a pretty good name to um Yeah, for sure. Weigh out the pride that comes with rap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, Nick, for sharing all that about you. I'm really glad again for you taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me for, you know, interviewing for Tether and I'm excited to hear about what you have to share about your story, things like that. So mm-hmm. But yeah, but I'm gonna go ahead and get this started. So what exactly is a testimony? And so I want to take time to explain that to you, dear listener. And so what is a testimony and why does it matter? And so a testimony is essentially an open declaration or profession, an open acknowledgement or a public profession, according to both dictionary.com and the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And so every person that followed Jesus has a testimony or open declaration of what God has done in their lives. Another way to say this is a story. And so, back to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it defines a testimony also as the first-hand authentication of a fact, which means that one had personal experiences that they had before coming to know the person of Jesus Christ, how they encountered Jesus Christ, and what has happened as a result of encountering Jesus. And so, essentially, a testimony is an attesting to the work Jesus has done in the life of a real person based on real experiences and encountering the real person of Jesus Christ that has led them to experience true, abundant life because of the gospel message. And so, dear listener, what God has done in your life is your story to tell about the greatness of God by the mercy and grace He demonstrated to you while you were a sinner. Christ died for you, and this is how he shows his love. And that itself is a wonderful story. Mm. And so, Nick, I'm really, again, glad to have you, um, because I've heard your story before, and I just am always, like, floored every time I hear it. And so, maybe for the listener listening to this, um, they may be going through some despair, or just really wrestling with things, and, you know, they want to you know, here's somebody that may have something similar. So what was your life like before encountering Jesus Christ? Um, so, uh, my life was pretty dang bad before I was a Christian. Um, I was really filled with, uh, 
you know, just, I mean, like Joey said, I was filled with despair. Like, I was extremely depressed. I can remember, I remember, like, defining to people, like, what the difference between depression and despair was. And it's like, there's deep depression, and then there's, like, despair of living, where you just, like, are extremely suicidal, and you have, like, a craving to die. And that pretty much was, like, what every day looked for me for, like, about seven years before I came to Christ. Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah. What caused you to surrender your life fully to Jesus? Um, I was... Uh, I was raised in a Christian family. I was raised in a very, uh, a denomination that I don't fully agree with, but I obviously like, I genuinely believe there's saved people in that denomination, but, um, you know, uh, kind of a denomination where rules were put above love and don't get me wrong. Like rules are extremely important. God gave us the old Testament for a reason, but, uh, you know, the whole law is summed up in these two laws, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and Mm -hmm. strength and love others as yourself. Um, but what caused me to come to Christ was just coming to an extreme level of brokenness and just tasting what the world had to see and seeing that after I had tried everything, nothing seemed to work. So, uh, yeah, once I tried Jesus, everything changed. Yeah, for sure. And what was the thing that you were like trying to fulfill yourself with before meeting Jesus? Mm Mm-hmm. So when I was young, I was really obsessed with rap music. I remember literally just like idolizing Lil Wayne when I was like, you know, 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just thought that, you know, smoking weed. So I pursued like drugs, money and women for the main things. And I thought that that was what created contentment in life. And that's what I tried to chase after. And I, uh, if you've ever spoken to an addict before, which I am an addict, like most addicts will tell you that it is a genetic thing. And Uh, addiction runs in my family and I can tell you for certain that it is a genetic thing. Like it, it may sound weird me saying that, but like once an addict gets a taste of a little bit of freedom, whether that be worldly freedom or Jesus in my instance, like they just want more and more and more. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but I forgot what the question even was. But. No, you're good. I, I was asking you, like, what was it the things that, you know, you were struggling with as far as, like, before you became a believer? Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. Uh, I struggled with uh, suicide attempts, suicidal thoughts, just extreme brokenness, uh, loneliness, depression. Uh, like I said, despair. Um, I hated my life. I thought life was just bad. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think my life was uniquely bad. I just thought life was bad, mm-hmm. and um, I did not see any hope at all for a long time. Yeah, and yeah, so what led you to finally, like, come to grips with, you know, Jesus being the Lord of your life? Uh, like I said, um, extreme brokenness and deliverance, because when I became a Christian, I was, like... It sounds weird, and a lot of people may not believe me when I say this, but, like, when I became a Christian, you hear about people, like, becoming born again overnight, and that's, of course, like, I had a ton of baggage that I had to get over, but I genuinely was, in a lot of ways, born again overnight. And when I uh, said the prayer and I put my faith in Jesus, things changed literally overnight for me, and I woke up the next day, and I knew that something was different and mm. that was what got me spurred on to to uh really understand what the bible had to say and how i was supposed to live my life and how jesus is supposed to be the cornerstone and the pinnacle of everything that we do yeah yeah for sure you had that luke 15 moment where mm. you were the younger son mm-hmm. and you had that like came to your senses type of mentality like you were eating with the pigs in the pod Mm. and you recognize like man what am i doing with my life Mm -hmm. like where did i put myself in yes you came to this place of absolute brokenness where you recognize like hey i can be fed better from my father just put myself as a servant Mm -hmm. and then he goes back home and encounters his father and what does his father do he runs Mm mm-hmm to his son embraces him mm-hmm. which if you guys know your bible in that culture 
um, you don't run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's lit, like the father is literally running towards his son and embracing him, kissing him, and throws him a wonderful feast. Mm. It's one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible is the parable of the prodigal son. So you were essentially a prodigal son mm-hmm. that has been redeemed by the father and he embracing you, mm-hmm. clinging to you because mm-hmm. he understood that he still loves you no matter if you go astray. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, and just recognizing how much forgiveness there is and just the patience of God has just helped me to uh, be able to implement that in my own life because God, if God was so patient with me, I need to be patient with other people. For sure. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks for sharing your story, man. That's encouraging. Um, mm-hmm. It's always wonderful to hear your story because it just reminds me like God can truly save anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to forget that like there are people out there that feel like they don't have any sort of hope to come to Christ, but Christ welcomes anyone into his fold. Mm-hmm. I, I read, I, I was studying the I am passages, um, like about a month ago mm-hmm. and I actually did an episode on that, uh, called the great I am. And what I found in the, I am the door statement is that Jesus himself wants to invite sheep from other Pens, if that makes sense. Sheep that are not his. Mm. Which in that context, it meant the Gentiles. Mm. And so he didn't just want to invite the Israelites into the sheep pen, but also those of other flocks as well. And it truly shows the heart of God that he really wants all to come to faith and repentance. Mm-hmm. And that includes addicts. That mm-hmm. includes people who feel like, you know, rejected by society because they struggle with some sort of addiction. Mm-hmm. Drug addiction, things like that. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is right there, ready to embrace him. Yeah. Ready to save him. All they need to do is come to repentance, but mm-hmm. also understand that God loves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to say if we really understood like who, how much God really loves us, we would mm-hmm. live completely differently. I mean, I'm speaking for myself even today. Like if I could really get just a glimpse of how much he really loved us, mm-hmm. like I would even live differently than I am today. Like I would, like anyone would, it's not, it's not exclusively to me, but like, man, especially to the lost person, if they can just begin to understand like the amount of love that God has and, you know, breaking the stigma of religion and just understanding Mm -hmm. that, you know, like it's grace. And I didn't even understand that until I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I became a Christian at my church at paradigm, our young adults ministry, um, are uh, a guy named Micah shared the gospel with me and it was just it was just so clear like it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. you know I had never heard that you couldn't earn your salvation mm-hmm. I'd never heard that before even though I'd been in church for 18 years mm-hmm. I, I might have heard it but it went on deaf ears mm-hmm. but like once I heard that it just made so much sense in understanding like if God really is good then our works really are bad yeah like are they're not bad our good works really are like filthy rags in comparison it only makes sense yeah exactly yeah that's awesome man that you said that because the gospel itself it's a you know very offensive message like Mm -hmm. we have to admit that we're sinners before a holy righteous god and that we are deserving of his wrath but his grace and mercy that he extends to us in his son and through his son like his son was willing to die on a cross, mm-hmm. a brutal death in order to reconcile us who were once enemies of God and now adopted sons, as it says in Ephesians chapter one. <laughs> that's funny you said that because I just read Ephesians one this morning. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so that's, and it's done because he was willing to go to the cross and he resurrected. And we get to, you know, as we're recording this, we're celebrating the Christmas season. And it's just awesome to understand that, um, God became the inc- the incarnate God. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus be- became a man. He was a man. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. fully God, fully man died on the cross for us to show us that he loves us, but also wants to redeem us for himself. Mm-hmm. And he resurrected. Mm-hmm. And it showcases that God, none of his plans will be thwarted in mm-hmm. order to redeem people for himself. And mm-hmm. so thanks for sharing that, bro. I really appreciate you. Of course. And so what is life for you now that you have personally encountered Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so, man, things have been night and day change for me. Um, you know, my whole thought process is different. Um, 
I wake up in the morning and, you know, like, you know, um, it says, I can't quote exactly where the verse is. I need to memorize this verse, but it says, uh, whoever has been forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, God has changed my whole frame of reference on how I look at life. Um, I wake up in the morning and, you know, like the first thing I want to do or the spirit in me wants to do, not my flesh, but this, the first thing the spirit in me wants to do is to surrender that day to God. The first thing when I wake up in the morning. So, you know, like I wake up and I pray that God would take over and do what I cannot do through my life, you know, and, um, I really just want to help people understand, um, the amount of hope that there really is because it like, it surpasses hope. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I was reading Ephesians one today and I wanted to share this, um, uh, in Ephesians one 13, it says, having believed you were marked in him with the seal, the promise of the Holy spirit who, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise Mm -hmm. of his glory. And, you know, like knowing that like God has chosen me, like as everything else in the whole world is falling apart and crumbling from sin, mm-hmm. knowing that God looked into all the sin going on to the world, into the world and going on in the world and was like, no, not Nick. And he's done that to everyone that he has chosen. Mm. And like, I don't know, that just changes everything, to, everything to me. So, um, but yeah, I, that's awesome. Yeah, I try to get people to understand who Jesus is um, with my life, and that's pretty much just my life mission, you know. Yeah, it's uh, Jesus isn't 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 awesome. I mean, that's just simply <laughs> how to put it. I mean, in an episode that I did um, called "The Great I Am," um, I prefaced it with like, "There's nothing we can do to describe how amazing Jesus is. There's no mm. amount of podcast." <laughs> books out there that can fully explain Jesus. And so, man, that's awesome that you, you know, picked that up from reading Ephesians. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus is just so great mm-hmm. and amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to forget that. Mm-hmm. And so, thanks for sharing that. Um, next question for you. Do you still struggle with sinful tendencies even though now you are in Christ? Of course. <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I do. Um, God helps me to overcome a lot of different things and he can help you overcome anything. But the process of sanctification I've learned takes time. And, uh, you know, when I first became a Christian, I wanted to Mm -hmm. grind through it and I wanted to do it myself. Like I, when I became a Christian, I was like, I want to be, I mean, this is even the pride inside of me, but like, I was like, I want to be the best Christian. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be the person that everyone thinks about like, wow, Nick is an amazing Christian, but God has a process that takes a lifetime to Mm -hmm. get you to, you know, like, of course we all know those Christians that are just outstanding, but like God has this process where he chips away at you and you have to go through pain most of the time to be able to overcome and recognize that the things in your life aren't reflecting God. And so, yeah, I do struggle with certain sins. Um, There's a lot that I have been able to overcome through Jesus, but there's also a lot of stuff. Like I've mentioned pride. Um, I still struggle with anxiety. I, God instantly delivered me from depression literally overnight. I have not Mm. struggled with depression since I gave my life to Christ, but um, it doesn't mean that life isn't still a struggle. Like life is a struggle for everyone down here. Oh dude, a hundred percent. Like this is really (laughs) an area where I think a lot of believers need to understand. Like we all still have that thing we struggle with. Like Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, like I still struggle with depressing thoughts, even though I know where my hope lies, Mm -hmm. but it's easy for me to overthink things and just allow that to lead me to a depressive state. But I have to remind myself of Christ Mm -hmm. and that I have my hope eternally secure in him. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to do anything to earn the favor of people or of God. Like I've been given to it as a gift. Mm -hmm. And that is what keeps me from relying on the depressive thoughts, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And just like you, like anxiety is still a thing that I still wrestle with. Like, Mm -hmm. but every single day, the Lord is pruning me and transforming me day by day. And so really glad that you brought up sanctification because it's a really interesting word. So sanctification essentially means being set apart if you're not aware of that term, dear listener. And so there's essentially these 
three stages of sanctification um, that we go through as believers. And so I'm just going to kind of briefly describe them for you real quick. Um, But I'll dig more deeper into this in a later episode. But essentially, um, we have what's called positional sanctification, or you could say justification. That essentially means that you've been legally declared righteous before God. And that is placing your faith and trust in Jesus initially. And where I get this from is Romans chapter 117, where it says the righteousness righteousness of God will be revealed by faith. Um, From faith for faith. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people tend to miss the from faith for faith part of that verse. From faith is that saving initial faith that you have in Christ. That is what delivers you from the penalty of sin. And then from faith is that daily ongoing daily entrusting of yourself to God, to dine to yourself and to, you know, trust God with everything. Mm-hmm. And that itself um, is what keeps you going on that sanctification journey itself. That's the from faith aspect. Mm-hmm. It's that moment by moment trusting of God working your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that essentially is called progressive sanctification. And it sounds like for the both of us here, we're in one we're going that process day by day, mm-hmm. removing the fear of like the uh, metaphorical scales from our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever read the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I love this book. I love what Eustace goes through. Eustace Scrub is a boy that is the cousin of Lucy and Edmund Pevensey. And he t- gets turned into a dragon because he puts on this gold kind of bracelet on his arm selfishly taken and he was a very prideful boy and he turned into a dragon and he wanted to go wash his arm in the in the water and he couldn't wash it he tried to scrape his own scales off of his uh, self to turn back into a boy until aslan the lion who in the book represents jesus Mm. um has to be the one that claws off the Mm. scales Mm. and sometimes it's painful it hurts but that's essentially what progressive sanctification, or you could say transformation, does in your life as mm-hmm. a believer. Yeah. And so, dear listener, hold on to Jesus. Hold fast to your confession, as mm-hmm. it says in Hebrews chapter 4. Because he is the one that will be able to remove those scales off of your heart. And it, it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is painful, but it's the way to life. Like, <laughs> I think Joey would definitely agree. Like, I even though that, like, you know, life is painful, I wouldn't want to live it any other way. Yes. And that's why, like, you know, the spirit inside of us chooses to continue to go through the processes of sanctification and continue to pray to God that he would sanctify us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I kind of have been recognizing recently is that, like, I can consistently pray for God to help me with certain areas of my life specifically, like whether that be, um, you know, overcoming anxiety or whatever it is, but it really boils down to how much faith has God blessed you with, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Cause it's like the more faith that God blesses you with, mm-hmm. the more that you'll believe that his word is true. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, so when I pray now, it's like, you know, of course I pray about the specific things, but ultimately it's like, Lord, please give me more faith. Please put me through what you need to put me through to understand that your way is better. And yeah. Because you know I want to live for God and I want to, uh, I'm, I want to be sanctified. <laughs> exactly, which leads to the final stage of sanctification, or you could say glorification. It's called final sanctification, and essentially that means it's when you, you know, move on from this earth and you're face to face with Jesus. You are in that glorified state that we are all going to be in. Once we pass away, if we're in Christ, of course, Mm. being made perfect. And that's the process of sanctification is being made more like Christ day by day. And so I just appreciate you sharing that word. I think it's important for all of us to be reminded that that's the pruning process that we have to go through Mm -hmm. in order to be like Christ. And sometimes it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's worth it. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Next question I have for you. When you look back at your story... How does that help you stay tethered or abide in Jesus today? Um, hmm. Yeah, um, understanding what uh, brokenness is helps me to continue to pursue God because um, 
I just was very broken before and um, just recognizing that there's life and what the spirit has to offer um, Mm -hmm. and really just believing that has helped me to continue to stay close to Jesus and recognize my dependency for him because I can look back and see like this is what happened when I didn't know my Messiah and it was not pretty. So uh, just knowing that is a huge help. And, you know, I'm thankful for anything that God had to put me through to get to this point. For sure. That's awesome. Dude, that's awesome. All righty. I have another question here for you that I think the listener might really benefit from. What would you say to the listener who may struggle with what you have struggled with and how they can be assured that there is grace for them. So, you know, in my life, I've done a lot of uh, really bad stuff that just comes along with usually being an addict, like you tend to do bad stuff. But, um, you know, like you think about scripture and like what God was willing to do and how Jesus came and hung out with the prostitutes and the sinners. And, you know, he said he didn't come for the, the healthy. He said he came for the people that need a doctor. So, um, you know, there is always, don't get me wrong, with sinning, I genuinely believe, you know, there's repercussions that come in life. Like, God didn't say that, uh, like, once we're forgiven, we're not going to struggle with anything that our past had. And Mm -hmm. there's things that you can carry on for a while until the Lord chips it away from you. Mm -hmm. But, um Honestly, like read the Gospels, like read John. If you if you don't get into the Word every day, I mean that's the best advice that I could possibly give you. I can't, I can't direct you as well as God's Word can. Mm. Um, but you know, just reading the Gospels and recognizing the grace of God. You know, Jesus forgave the man on the cross at the last second. You know, and who knows? It's not it doesn't tell us what he did to be crucified, but as of like. History shows that whoever typically, except Jesus, was crucified on a cross, typically they did something wrong. The disciples didn't either who were crucified. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Jesus forgave the man next to him at the last second. And that's the grace that God has. And through what we were talking about earlier, like recognizing how much God loves us mm-hmm. and how he yearns to forgive us. Mm-hmm. Like he recognizes Jesus came down. It says in Hebrews that he literally can understand what we're going through yeah like he came down and was tempted in every way but had no sin Mm -hmm. so god understands i'm not saying that god understands sin because he doesn't but he does know what you're going through he was a human he was tempted you know and there is an like abounding grace for anyone that turns their life to jesus and recognizes that he's the lord that's awesome bro thanks for sharing that Mm -hmm. i love what you said um about the hebrews 4 passage there like Jesus himself was tempted like we were yet without sin. So it says there, let us therefore draw near to the throne of grace so that we might receive help and find grace in time of need. Mm. And I just love that you shared that because it's easy to forget that even if you've done the worst possible things, like there is grace for you. Mm. And so dear listener, there's hope. Like you can find hope in the person of Jesus. Like he is willing to forgive you if you come to him mm. broken and, and needy and heavy laden weary and heavy laden and it says he will give you rest mm-hmm. and so that's just something very important to share with you so thanks for answering that question man all right here's my next question for you and i actually have a quote that accompanies this question here it says what will you say to the listener who wishes they had your testimony and Jared Wilson, a guy that you guys have heard me talk about on this podcast a lot. A lot. I love this guy. I love the way he writes. I actually can do a book review by him um, here soon. But I'm like, it's just been awesome just to learn from this guy. Um, but this is what he said about Christian testimonies. Quote, No Christian has a boring testimony. If Christ truly saved you, your story is outstanding Mm. miraculous staggering end quote Mm. so back to asking this question um what would you say to the listener who wishes they had your testimony we'll be back after a brief break hey what's up everyone we really appreciate you listening to episodes here on tethered if you've been impacted in any way by these episodes 
please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, will you please consider rating this podcast in your favorite podcasting app? Please leave us a comment. Finally, please share this podcast with your friends and family on social media or however you share things. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tethered. Now back to the episode. Yeah, um, I've had a couple different people talk to me about this, but um, you got to recognize like God appreciates like law abiding citizens like who abide by his law. So if you didn't have to go through a bunch of stuff to get to Christ, that does not mean that your testimony is worth any less than mine is. And you have to understand like God can use absolutely anything. There's so many people that haven't gone through what I've gone through that need Jesus, you know, and you can relate better to those people than I can. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it just goes back to like every part of the body is extremely valuable, whether you've gone through a hard Mm -hmm. trial in your life. I mean, we all do, but whether you've gone through addiction or what I've gone through or not, like the hand cannot say, the eye cannot say to the hand that it doesn't need it. Like, Every part of the body of Christ is needed, and God can develop whatever He wants to develop in you. So, you don't have to go through something hard to really get the love of God radiating inside of you. Yeah, amen. Because, yeah, if you grew up in a home where your family was faithful and teaching you the scriptures, and you didn't really struggle with what people like to say major sins or addictions. Like, that's still God's grace on your life. Mm-hmm. And God can use that testimony as well as the person who may have gone through some horrible things, which I've heard my uh, fair share of those stories. But I've also heard my fair share of stories that people didn't struggle with that. And they both edified me. They both encouraged me mm-hmm. to like remind myself God can truly save anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone can come to him, but at the same time, we have to recognize that we're all sinners. Like God redeems sinners. Like he doesn't redeem someone because they have a greater degree of sin than the other person. The fact of the matter is still the same. Both the person who grew up in a very good home, we'll say quote, good home is, you know, still a sinner versus the one who's done horrible things. Mm -hmm. They're still both sinners in the eyes of God. And God loves them both still. He wants to redeem them both still. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that we get as a result of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Amen. I appreciate you sharing that, Nick. Mm. Yeah. And so here's my next question for you. Kind of already alluded to this a little bit, but I think it's appropriate to ask. What would you say to the listener who has trouble believing that God can change anyone? Mm. Think of Peter. (laughs) I think of Peter, the guy who was denying Jesus, you know, Peter was crucified upside down. Um, God has the power. We can't limit God on what he can do. And, um, you know, I think about my own life and how far from God I was, uh, never doubt what God can do and never doubt the power of prayer because God has the power to transform absolutely anybody. And, um, you know, I can even struggle myself like thinking, man, that person's got a lot going wrong for them and it'd be a miracle if they came to Jesus. But you don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. You don't know. We don't even understand fully how like the spiritual side of everything works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like God, if God raised Jesus from the dead, he can definitely turn a junkie into a devout Christian. Mm. Amen. It makes me think of the Apostle Paul's story. I mean... Here's a guy who was persecuting Christians hardcore. Like he was, you could say, quote, far from God, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, yeah. even though he thought he was being zealous for God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus had to literally like get into his life on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. And after that experience that Paul had with Jesus, it's like, wow, this guy is real. And he was able to become a believer and he was able to be used by God to proclaim the gospel to all the Gentiles in the known Roman world at the time. And he's written a lot of books in the New Testament, a lot of which we get a lot of like what we learn about our faith. Mm-hmm. Like this was Paul, a guy who would be considered by the world standards today a terrorist. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, God can change anyone. And so, and God can use anyone for his purposes and glory to make his name known everywhere. Mm -hmm. Because that's how he works. Our God is a God that works in unexpected ways. He can save anyone, even like the worst of people, to reach the worst of people. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing that it is by God and his grace and mercy that he even lets this happen. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm the worst person on the earth, but... When really push comes to shove, like we're all needing of grace and mercy from God mm -hmm. day by day, moment by moment. And so I really appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah. 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 All right. So here's what we're going to do next. Um, we're going to look at a, a case study from um, from the book of John, which actually is a testimony itself. And so we're going to look at John chapter nine uh, and we're actually going to read verses 1 through 12 real quick so i'll go ahead and read that for you dear listeners so let's i'm gonna read it so i'm reading from the esb or i like to say the extra spiritual version <laughs> but anyways um it says here as he passed by he being jesus saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind jesus answered it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might, de might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me, while it is day. Night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. He, then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, Then how are your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. And so what you see happening here is that the blind man encounters Jesus. Mm -hmm. Blind has no idea who he is until Jesus literally makes mud and rubs his eye, like rubs this blind man's guys and the blind man just now sees. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus said the blind man's parents did not sin, neither did the blind man. But he said that the works of God must be displayed in him. And then Jesus also says he is the light of the world. So what we see happening here is Jesus is tying back to what he's going to do, back to his messianic purposes. This is a so-called sign, which in the book of John, anytime he performs a sign, it shows he is proving that he is the Messiah that was promised in the Old Testament. And so it's kind of interesting how this is all like right here in this section of John chapter 9. And so what would you say, Nick, the works of God were in your personal encounter with Jesus? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the works of God in my personal encounter, I prayed. You know, when I first came to Jesus, I had doubts. I did have a little bit of doubt, but, you know, just like the man that said, like, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. That was kind of the way that I came to Jesus. But I was willing to take, I took a step of faith and flushed my drugs and said that prayer pretty much. I was like, Lord, I'm doing this. Please help me to live for you and show me who you are. So um, I prayed consistently that God would strengthen my faith. And he consistently aligned me with people that showed me mm. radical life change in their own lives. Um, a quick story I'll share real quick. I met a guy um, that my old work, who was an ex-Muslim that lived in, uh, I believe it was Iraq. I might be wrong. But he grew up in Iraq as a, Iraq as a Muslim, and when he was 13, he hitchhiked on the bottom of trains, on the bottom of uh, semi-trucks over to Germany. Oh, wow. And when he was around 20-something years old, I don't know the exact age, but he was going about his business in Germany, and this street evangelist came up to him, and he was like, hey, uh, he shared the gospel with him. And then at the very end, he's like, something is telling me that I should lay hands on you and pray. Mm. And he did, and the guy said, um, 
at that exact time, he felt like this intense love radiating through him and he just immediately knew that he was worshiping the wrong God. And you can take stories like this with a grain of salt, but I looked into this guy's life and I watched as he lived and this man literally like spoke in Psalms. Like he knew the word of God better than almost anyone that I knew. And I knew that his life reflected that something miraculous happened to yeah. him. So God really showed me a lot of different people that had just had radical life change from mm. Muslim to Christian, from alcoholic to Christian. And just hearing this story, these stories over and over just really worked in my life. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, I know I can say the same thing for me, like getting a chance to meet the guy who led me to Christ, Joe, which dear listener, you heard on the episode, we're in the sharing business. Um, just being at Wichita State University, meeting Joe was not a plan that I had. That all happened by God's providence. And the fact that um, I was looking to reconnect with my Catholicism, um, mm. and I found this guy literally handing out free Bibles um, in the Union, and I was able to get a Bible from him. All this was orchestrating my personal encounter with Jesus when Joe shared the gospel with me mm. in 2010. Like, that, does, that just doesn't happen. Mm. Like, that had to be orchestrated by God. And so, like, God in that moment basically rubbed mud into my eyes and helped me see who he truly was for the first time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that does happen in those radical life-changing experiences, mm -hmm. which you shared about. And that's awesome, Nick, that you've encountered people like that. Like, mm -hmm. their life has literally been changed by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So God has just used other people's testimonies greatly in my life. All right, next question here. Why is it important to not dwell on your past, but to remind yourself of who you were in order to credit God for the work he has done as a result of first encountering him? Mm -hmm. So when I first became a Christian, I literally left every single person in my life except my parents. I was 100% alone and then COVID hit. So I, could, didn't have, I couldn't even go to church to make friends. And the devil was telling me a lot. He was like, hey, in your old life, you had lots of friends and now you have no friends. And I was dwelling on it. And the way that the devil likes to work a lot is he tells us that our past was better and we can often forget the brokenness that really was there. And we're just forgetful creatures and we love to sin. So um, it's important to not glorify your sin in your mind and really remember the bad times and make it an effort to remember the bad times of your sin because the way that our minds work is we just want to look at the good times. Yeah, and I think of a passage in Titus when um, when you mention that because it's so easy for us to uh, um, forget what we were before we became like followers of Christ. And this is what it says in Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 8, mm. essentially. So this is what it says. For we were... We ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hating, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done in us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us, richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Mm, that's good. So that is something that our story helps us remember, like how kind, good God was to us, even though we were foolish, disobedient, slaves to our various passions, or you could say addictions and pleasures. Mm -hmm. And yet, God is... In his own mercy, he saved us and is regenerating us day by day, moment by moment. And he did it because of his love and mercy mm. and his, and it's, it's hope, it's hope. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad that you shared that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, let's go ahead and read John chapter nine, 13 through 34. Um, this, uh, passage continues. And so... It's awesome what happens here next with the blind man. So, it says, They brought him to the Pharisees, the man who had formerly been blind. Now, it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, 
He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man, being Jesus, is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, He's a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and received the sight until his parents until they called the parents of the man who had received the sight, and they asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We do not. We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Why, this is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he has opened my eyes. And... It says, we do not know that God listens to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us? And they cast him out. Mm. So I know that was a long section, but it's important for us to know what's going on here. So essentially what the blind man is doing he is testifying about Jesus to the Sanhedrin. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what Jesus did for me. And they reject it. And so the formerly blind man was able to testify to the Pharisees about the work that Jesus did in his life. He had the boldness to speak about the person, Jesus, in front of Israel's religious leaders. So Nick, have you been able to share your story with others as a result of your encounter with Jesus? Mm-hmm. There's been multiple people throughout my life that I've just seen struggle with addiction, and um, I've tried to tell most of my old friends like what has happened in my life. There are a few that I have not, but um, you know, it's blatantly obvious that something changed within me, um, and like it was obviously Jesus. But um, yeah, um, to, we were talking about it earlier, but like overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, like that is extremely important that you remind yourself of the gospel every day and like what has happened to you in your own life and tell others and be a living example. Yeah, for sure. And then have you ever faced any opposition from others um, as a result of sharing your story with them? You know, uh, just extreme doubt. I've been blessed to not have to put up with like extreme persecution or anything. Uh, you know, uh, I when I first became a Christian, um, I was dating a girl at the time, or this was right before I became a Christian, and I was reading the Bible. But you know, her one of her final words I remember her saying to me was like, "I can't date a Jesus freak," and I was like, "Okay, well, like I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I can't, you know, I'm not going to stop myself from knowing God just to know a female, you know." Yeah. But I have not been persecuted a lot for my testimony as of this moment. Yeah, I mean. But still, you probably like were rejected by friends, mm-hmm. and I mean, you weren't cast out of a synagogue. Yeah. But essentially, like you felt like you were because, like, man, these are people that I loved, mm-hmm. and now you know they don't want to be around me because now I'm a quote unquote Jesus freak. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's because for you, man, you love the Lord. And you know that his ways are so much better than your ways. Mm -hmm. And he's changed you completely. And, you know, as a result, he's blessed you with now friends that are also pursuing Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's awesome, bro. I mean, opposition's hard. Um, I know for me personally, like, I wouldn't say my family is opposed 
to me pursuing Jesus, but they definitely, you know, see me differently in a way. They they think that I've just become a better person, mm-hmm. but they don't understand what caused me to change my life mm-hmm. was really, you know, understanding that I'm a sinner mm-hmm. and that I needed Jesus to save me from my sin. And that's the aspect that makes it kind of hard to, you know, share with my family because like, or they don't get it, I should say. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man... I want you guys to know I've been saved. Mm-hmm. I'm now free in Christ. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. One thing I'll say to you is I just was listening to a guy's story the other day who became a Christian and he was the only one in his family that was a Christian. And he was just telling me it, it literally took like, I think he said like 24 years mm. for his family to the, to come around. Yeah. But you don't know what God's doing in, behind the scenes like we always, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I appreciate that, Nick. Thank you. And for dear listener, if you struggle with that too, like you're not alone. I get that. Mm-hmm. And so thanks for answering it, Nick. Um, so here's my next question for you. What would you say to the listener who may be struggling with sharing their story because they fear opposition? Um, you know, like we have to recognize as Christians that growth typically comes through challenging times and growth comes also like God, it, you know, I can't remember where it says. I need to memorize these verses that I'm quoting, but uh, I can't remember where it's from. Uh, but it says, like, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro across the earth for those who are fully surrendered to him. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to take steps of faith, like Abraham did, going and almost sacrificing Isaac, God will empower you. So you have to be willing to take steps of faith, and that means sharing your testimony with those who might not agree with you. That's mm-hmm. part of being a Christian when you read the New Testament. It's like, you know, all of the disciples were, or not all of them except John, but all, almost all the disciples were killed and persecuted for sharing their faith and telling the world what they knew about the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of Stephen, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I mean, he was so bold mm-hmm. to preach to the Israel leaders. And, you know, he was willing to die mm-hmm. because he really cared about their soul. And he died a brutal death by being stoned to death. But yet in that last moment, he looked up and he, like, Jesus, forgive them for they not know what they do. Kind of similar language to what Jesus did mm-hmm. when he was being crucified. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know... Dear listener, just share your story. Like, it's, you might have opposition, but don't lose heart. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why your story matters. Because you have a story that can connect with somebody who may be desperate and looking for hope. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. And so we're going to look at the last section here in John chapter 9. And I'm going to read this. And so... Verses 35 through 41 says this. Jesus heard that they cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, the blind man, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things, and he said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to him, If you were blind, you you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Mm. And so, the formerly blind man was able to testify about Jesus. Jesus heard that he was cast out by the Pharisees. Jesus asked him if he believes in the Son of Man. Son of Man is a title that Jesus gives himself. Jesus says that he is the Son of Man. And the man, the blind man, formerly blind man now, walks away worshiping. Mm. And so, Nick, how has your story helped you worship Jesus and continue to worship Jesus? Yeah. Um, You know, as I mentioned before, my story has kind of caused me to dig in deep. And just recognize that everything else in this world is pretty much meaningless outside of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. So, uh, really, my story first spurred me to the Word. And I'd say through the Word and prayer, that's where, like, everything is flowed through. So, I mean, Joey can attest- testify to this too. Like, it, you know, just having 
a spiritual experience with God, that's great. Hopefully, like you were saved in that experience, but we need to dig into the word. We need to dig into our relationships with God and really understand that apart from him, we do, can do nothing. And, you know, I'm learning right now that I need to learn how to fully rely on him mm-hmm. to do the things that my flesh cannot do. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And how has your story helped you worship Jesus and continue to worship? Oh, wait. Sorry, I already <laughs> asked that question. What would you say to the listener who may be struggling with worshiping Jesus as a result of their story? Mm-hmm. Um, pray. Um, <laughs> pray because God will do... It says like if you pray things in God's will that he will uh, answer them. Um, you know, so pray. That's the best advice that I can give. You know, I talk to people all the time that are struggling with, uh, lukewarmness Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, pray and read the word, you know, in revelation, it says like, because you were neither cold nor hot, I vomit you out of my mouth. Like meditate on those words in Matthew 15. I'm pretty sure that's where it says, uh, you know, um, many people will come to me on that day saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these incredible things in your name? It's about, Mm -hmm. but God said, um, I get away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. It's about knowing God and and God will do the work. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that we can do besides reading his word and praying. That's going to like bring us closer to him through our fleshly like works. It's God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And if you guys remember listening to the episode, Worthy is Jesus with my friend, Martin Maharas. One of the things that we touched about is seeing Jesus as valuable. Mm. Like, do you see God as valuable in your life? It's easy for us to worship anything mm-hmm. because we see those things as valuable. My question to you, dear listener, is what will it take for you to see Jesus as valuable? And so sometimes he may have to do pruning in your life to show that he alone is enough. Mm-hmm. And I know for me and my personal story, there's been times in my life where God had to allow things to happen in my own life to show me this isn't the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm far better. And so I walk away worshiping Jesus even more. And so I'm really, and sometimes that's why we have to go to trials and tribulations in order to sh- show us, like, yeah, Jesus himself is enough, mm-hmm. he is valuable. Mm. And so, thanks for sharing that, Nick. I really appreciate it. So, mm-hmm. here's my next question for you. Is it hard at times to recall the work God has done in your life? Uh, yeah, sometimes, like I said before, it's easy to forget, you know. Um, there's certain sins that I was uh, really able to overcome when I first became a Christian. Like, it was just easy because I knew that there wasn't life there. Because I had done it for so long and I'd been broken over it and nothing came out of it. But now that I've been a Christian for three years, I struggle a little bit more with those sins because I've been away from it and I can be forgetful of the fact that there was not life in those sins. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Like it is healthy to reflect on where you were before Jesus and remember that in your daily walk. Hmm. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Nick. Yeah. I really appreciate you answering these questions as we looked into John chapter nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to summarize, like, dear listener, if you get a chance to study John chapter nine, I would say that is a key passage which helps you understand the importance of your story. Um, because in this story, we see that one, the blind man encountered Jesus. Two, he testified about the works Jesus did in his life. And three, he walked away worshiping Jesus because he now can see. Mm. And so I actually titled this episode, Now I See, because mm. you've come to, you know, see your life differently. You're able to see like, wow, I can actually live differently. Mm-hmm. I can live for God. I was blind, but now I see. Mm. And so, yeah, thanks for sharing all your thoughts there. And so I got two more questions for you. Um, who would you say the hero of your story is and why? Uh, Jesus, because without him doing all the stuff that he's done behind the scenes and pulling strings in this way and that way, I wouldn't even have been able to overcome because I've tried, you know, with my uh, drug addiction, I tried rehab three times. I tried valuing relationships over drugs. I tried everything else. So without Jesus, I wouldn't have even been able to come to the point that I'm at now and neither can anyone else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then final question. 
this podcast is called Tethered. And so it just essentially means like, how does one stay connected or abide in Jesus daily, mm-hmm. moment by moment? And how does one stay tethered to Jesus as a result of their story or testimony? Mm-hmm. I'd say... Um... Praying that God would work in your life continuously and continuously remind you of your need for him, like we were talking about earlier, um, and just not forgetting um, who Jesus really is and letting your imagination kind of go crazy with who he is because it says, you know, no eyes ever seen, no ears ever heard, no mouth, no mind will ever comprehend what God has prepared for those who love him. So we can allow our imaginations to go crazy mm-hmm. over what God has prepared for us and who Jesus is because he's better than we can ever imagine. Amen, Nick. Amen. There is no one better than Jesus Christ himself. Jesus alone deserves all the glory. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my strength, my my strength, my sweet, my song. However that goes, I forget. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the lyrics, but like that is the hope we have. We have Jesus Christ. Even though, dear listener, if you may have struggled with some atrocities and sins that you feel like shove you away from the presence of God. I just want to remind you, want to encourage you, draw near to him because he draws near to you. And so Nick, um, did you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners about your story? Um, I just say like, guys, never forget, like we don't just have hope. Like there's more than hope in Jesus. Like I'm the living testimony. So is Joey. Um, as the world gets worse, just know that eternity is far better and we can always look forward to being with God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So thank you again, Nick, for coming on to the podcast. Um, really appreciate you again, taking time out of your day to interview for Tethered. And I'm really excited for, you know, for how God will use this episode to maybe encourage the listener that is struggling in their life right now. And hopefully he uses this to tether them back to him. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you again for listening to Tethered. And we will see you next time. this episode please share with your friends and family please also tap the subscribe button to receive notifications when new episodes are published you can also follow tethered on instagram by clicking on the link in the episode notes hope this episode has encouraged you built you up and blessed you to god be the glory see you next time god bless